Securities offered through Kester Investment Services, LLC, Kestra IS, member FINRA SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Kestra Advisory Services, LLC, Kestra AS, an affiliate of Kestra IS. Capital Advisory Group, Inc. is not affiliated with Kestra IS or Kestra AS. Neither Kestra IS nor Kestra AS provide legal or tax advice and are not certified public accounting firms. work hard for your money. For the next hour, you're going to learn how to keep what's yours. Capital Advisory Group presents Keep What's Yours. Here is Josh Gilbert and Jeff Sufall. Hello and welcome to Keep What's Yours with Jeff Zufall. I'm Josh Gilbert sitting here with Jeff Zufall. He is the Senior Tax Strategist and Wealth Advisor with Capital Advisory Group. Hello, Jeff. Hey, happy Saturday. How are you doing? Very good. He is the host of the show with yours truly. We talk taxes every week. And Jeff, you are, full disclosure, you're my tax guy. Yes. And we even <laughs> have dabbled into a little financial planning. A little bit, yes. As my wife yes. has hit open enrollment and we are trying to maximize our retirement as we move forward. I've got plenty of time. Yes. Plenty of time. Plenty, it, plenty of time. As you like to say, I said I wanted to retire at 65. You said, well, I've seen your financials probably more like 75. <laughs> you keep moving that goalpost back. That's right. That's right. Uh, but if someone is even a little bit older and maybe they're looking at retirement in five, three, two years yes. from now, you can kind of sit down with them and start explaining their taxes. What you need to do to worry about taxes and retirement. Um, what the next step would be to basically kind of build out maybe a two or three or five year window. Probably really don't want to go past that because we don't know where tax rates are going to be. Um, but what you'd actually do is kind of say, here's your strategy going forward. If you retire, it's your taxes in retirement. Nobody really pays attention to that until they get there. So what does your required minimum distribution and Social Security look like on a tax return? And no one would know that because it would be totally different from what you have today. Absolutely. And this is probably something that we want to look at today, not tomorrow. Yes. Yes. Because depending upon your adjusted gross income, um, married, finally, jointly, single, so on and so forth, um, either 50% or 80% of your Social Security could be taxable to you in retirement. And what I mean by that is if you're at full retirement age. Social Security is supposed to be non-taxed. Um, well, not hypothetically, but hypothetically, yes. Um, in the first, I guess that was Reagan's administration. They said, "Hey, if you're if you make more than thirty grand a year, we're going to charge you five percent taxable." And each administration has piled on since then, and it's either depending upon your income level, it's either thirty, or, or I'm sorry, fifty or eighty percent. Now, when they say if you make more than thirty grand a year in income, your Social Security is going to be taxed. Is your Social Security part of that thirty grand? Well, technically, yes. <laughs> right. The taxable. So that's where you get into this weird modified adjusted gross income, and everybody's like, what? All that is is your adjusted gross income with the non-taxable portion of your Social Security added back into it. So, yes, it is part of it, maybe a limited part. But once you step over that threshold, so if you make less than that, you don't have to worry about paying taxes on your Social Security. But let's say you, you go into retirement and you have Social Security coming in and you got a $50,000 RMD, required minimum distribution, showing right. up. Poof, all of a sudden, 80% of your Social Security is in the taxable column. Yeah, and, and so, it, doesn't, it doesn't have to be. Exactly. <laughs> so when we talk about paying voluntary taxes, that's what we're talking about. Exactly. 
And I think the biggest takeaway, I always say this, the biggest takeaway from what we just said uh, over the last two minutes is this is really complicated. It gets very complicated, unfortunately. And there's almost <laughs> no way we can do this ourselves. Unless you had some software and you know how the taxes are applied as we go forward. Yeah. There's just too much math involved. There's too many different uh, quotients that yes, could happen. Yes, there's many different little side effects that take place. Um, and the things that I have in retirement aren't going to be the exact same things as you have as exactly. someone else has. Somebody may be a little bit different here or there. And one of the big things that some people overlook, and this is something to pay attention to, is your uh, basically if you're over 65 and you're trying to do this planning, Medicare premiums, Okay. So if your income is, I'll say, normal, um, you pay about 100 I think it's, don't quote me on this number, 170 bucks a month or something like that for Medicare. But it's actually income-based is what it really is. So if you're, you go into first year of Medicare, you're like, oh, I'm great. And then sneakily, what comes in on the backside is that required minimum distribution a couple of years later. And all of a sudden, boom, your Medicare premiums go up. And you actually could get as high as, I mean, you'd have to be way up there in the income spectrum, but... You can get up to 588 bucks a month for a Medicare premium, um, which a lot of people don't pay attention to, or they take a chunk of money out of their IRA. The only exemption to this um, is basically if you sell a business. That's the only way that you could get an exemption where they will not raise your Medicare premiums that following year, which then runs 12 months until you file your next return. And then if it goes down, you're okay. If it stays up, then you keep paying it. So. Yeah. Something that a lot of people just overlook big time. Um, and like if I were going to sit down and maybe I have at my disposal uh, a couple of things. You know, I listen I listen to Keep What's Yours with Jeff. <laughs> I've got a couple of things in my back pocket. Maybe I'll leave out the Medicare stuff and then, you know, I, yeah. it, it, it just it, that that throws a wrench in the gear. Exactly. Yeah. So that's just something that you need to take all these little pieces of the equation, put it together which then will allow you to plan back out as you go forward. So even, at, you know, trying my best, I might end up, you know, making a mistake, leaving something out, omitting mm-hmm. some information just because I don't know. Yeah. You, you know? didn't know that, hey, that was going to be taxable or only a part of this is taxable or it's all taxable. So, yeah. yeah. And what age, what age do you want someone to come in? Um, honestly, from a tax planning standpoint, um, 55-ish is your good jumping off point to really seriously break into here's what your retirement planning looks like. Mm-hmm. Here's, you know, um, you know, tax angles look Let's like. Let's see where you are right now. Exactly. We can start making a, a, a five to 10-year plan. Exactly. Typically, I mean, most people say, hey, I want out at 62. Um, five to seven-year plan. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> but but really 62 doesn't, it doesn't correlate sometimes with a lot of people. Um, so really, it's six. Still have to might uh, pay for your own insurance. Exactly. That's yeah. that's the killer. Um, the killer is if you bail at sixty two, unless you have some guaranteed, you know, retiree program for healthcare. Um, the average person won't get Medicare till sixty five, and that's typically the jumping off point. Yeah. Because you might you might end up spending a thousand dollars a month to hold that as you go forward. Now I am forty one. What happens mm-hmm. if I come in and talk to you and say, you know, hey, let's start planning my retirement taxes? So we're really not planning the retirement taxes. What we're looking at is the accumulation to get you to retirement. Still in the accumulation yes. phase. Yes. And you still, in 55, you'd still be in the accumulation. You'd be heavy accumulation stage. But now yeah. it's time to talk both. But it's both at that yeah. point in time. 
to okay. say, all right, you're putting money in an IRA. Should it be split between an IRA and a Roth? And here's why, you know, so on, that kind of stuff. And, and most people have uh, a money guy. Most people have yeah. an accumulation guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I can't imagine that that person is also on the tax side as well. Typically, that's how we people come in and they're like, hey, I got – you know, X, Y, Z over here for my finance guy, but nobody knows taxes and they tell me to consult a tax advisor. Yeah. You. <laughs> We're going to take both of them and compress them into. Are both. Yes. So, so we want we want your tax return to talk to your investments and your investments talk to your tax return. Senior tax strategist and wealth advisor. Yes. <laughs> That's where you do both. And you can have, you know, one-stop shopping. Yes. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Why, why make uh, two people involved in this conversation yes. when you can just have one? That is the point. Uh, the point of the show, to keep more of your money in your pocket when you pay those voluntary taxes, yeah. that means that you're paying taxes that you didn't have to. Exactly. And that money could be put in your pocket. It could go for the boat. It could yes. go for the pool. It could go for the, the condo in Florida. Yes. It can go to the condo <laughs> at the lake. Any money. You can go for a nice steak dinner. Yeah. You know, anything that you're able to keep in your pocket and away from the federal government, this isn't a battle of wills. Legally. Yeah, legally. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. It's not like we have to say, you know, know, I'm going to challenge the government on this, rah, rah, rah. It's just using. Don't play that game. (laughs) The tax code. (laughs) To your advantage. They wrote it in a way that probably benefits rich people and corporations more. Yes. Yes, but no, because there's stuff out there for middle America. Yeah. Um, that that just people don't understand what's in the tax law. I haven't um, I haven't read it. Yeah. You've, you've read and it's it. it's a dry read. Yeah, I mean it. it you got to be in the right mood to to read a tax book. <laughs> Let's get the fire going. Open up a bottle of wine. No, no, because you'd be like the tax code. <laughs> be sleeping in ten minutes. Read through it, but uh, you did write the book. Keep what's yours. It's a little handy guide to kind of. Starting the conversation. Yeah. Start just give you the some of the stuff that's out there. And some of it might be a little extreme for most people. And I say extreme, it just won't apply to you. Mm-hmm. And there's other stuff that's your your bread and butter as yeah. you go forward. Oh, this is me. You yes. know, I dog ear that page. Oh, that's yes. me. I'll dog ear that page. Bring the book in uh, to you and say, I want to look into these things and incorporating these things into my life. Yes. And to get the book, you can get it for free just by going to the website. Exactly. CapitalAdvisoryGRP.com. There's a little button there that says, Get, give me my book. <laughs> give me my book. Free book. And uh, just click on it and they'll mail it out to you. And you can start the process. Now, just because we know that these things exist doesn't necessarily mean that we know how to implement them. Exactly. Into uh, our HR, into our, you know, every two-week paycheck. Yes. Into our retirement um, plan. But that's where you can come in. And you mm-hmm. can help us out exactly with the implementation. So you've got the information, you've got the implementation, and you got both the tax side and the wealth accumulation side. So Jeff's got it all. What's the phone number that we can call? 636-394-5524. 636-394-5524. Call now and just kind of leave a message and say, hey, it's yes. the weekend. I know. Yeah, we'll call you Monday. You know, maybe you're not there, but I want to get... Uh, uh, on the schedule. I want to come see you. I want to get this th- stuff rolling. The ball rolling. Ball rolling. That's yes. the biggest biggest problem is is giving that first push. Exactly. We and we can do these conversations by phone. Um, we can do the conversations by a Zoom call. You can come in the office. So pretty much, we'll do pretty much anything to kind of get the wheels in motion in a sense. Mm-hmm. So most people will do a phone call first. 
make sure it's a fit, um, and then do a sit down a couple weeks later and go from there. Okay. Jeff Zufall, Senior Tax Strategist and Wealth Advisor with Capital Advisory Group. The number one more time, 636-394-5524. Get the ball rolling. We're going to go to commercial break, but when we come back, crypto. Yeah. It's one of the biggest <laughs> things in, in the financial papers right now. That nobody understands. That nobody understands, and it's imploding. Uh, yes, it could be could turn out bad. Yeah. So let's get uh, uh, talking about it. It's going to be taxed now from the federal government, yes. so we need to know that. If we're involved in it, we need to know that we're going to get a tax bill, mm-hmm. part of it. So we'll get into the whole thing on the other side of this. It's Keep What's Yours with Jeff Zufall on the Big 550 KTRS. Keep What's Yours continues with Josh Gilbert and Jeff Zufall. tax strategist and wealth advisor with capital advisory group here's the number again 636-394-5524 and throughout the week jeff people text us during the heidi show and, and say oh what was the number of uh, of jeff zufall with how do i get in touch with them capital advisory grp.com and here's the number 636-394-5524 because you have an accumulation stage and then you have a distribution stage, which yes. comes with a bunch of taxes, a bunch that you've put off. Yes, you know it's like I'll deal with the taxes later. Later, well, here's but later. <laughs> sometimes that could be an issue, and it could be an issue because you may be in a higher tax bracket. Right. Um, again, so the theory is, you and, know, and later doesn't necessarily mean sixty five exactly. or the year I'm retiring. You need to deal with taxes later, as in at fifty five. Yes. Give yourself a five, seven, ten year jump running, yeah, yeah running start. At least have it. an idea on where you will be and then say, hmm, I'll plan based upon taxes. So, you know, maybe it's a, you put more money in a Roth. Maybe you put more in pre-tax and e- each person's different when we get there. Right. So. And so I, I would think that the idea into putting a, a money into a pre-tax IRA is to say, I would, I want to be strategic about Paying these taxes. Exactly. So the concept, the easiest way to look at it is, let's say that you're sitting today in a 24% tax bracket and you go, hey, I think when I retire, if we do this calculation correctly, yes, your income will come down a bit, but maybe you could survive on a 12% tax bracket. So you would defer the money at 24%, Rather take than, it out at 12%. Yeah, pay at 24%, you're paying 12%. Exactly. And that's the plan. That's, that's the plan to figure the out what and, – and typically what hangs most people up, and everybody, if you've done this before, don't beat up yourself, is a budget. And the budget, again, if you're 55 and I said to you, hey, what are you going to spend in retirement? You have no idea. Yeah. I mean, it's 10 years in the future, yeah. eight years in the future. But again, take it and say, all right, if I wasn't working, this is what my budget would hypothetically look like. And what you'll see where it comes down a little bit, again, it's not – it's not as, as cut and dried as a 50% reduction, but in some cases it is. So that's and, what you're looking for. And I am uh, 41, mm-hmm. and I want to retire at 65. Let's just pie in the sky, 65. 66. Six, okay, fine. <laughs> Jeff, <Teasing. laughs> Jeff's seen my finances. He wants me to be a little bit more realistic. I'll retire at 66. I need to sit down at 55 and say, okay, this was the plan. Is it still going? Is it st- exactly? Is and it you, still going according? It's a line in the sand, basically, is saying, "Hey, have did I make changed. it?" Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, there's all kinds of crazy stuff that could take place. Tax law changes, which we wouldn't even know about 
until five years we ago get there. it was different. Exactly. Yeah. So that's the question. You go, hmm, you know, is it for the better, for the worse? Uh, and it just depends. Yeah. So you have to get a plan in place when you start saving for retirement, and yes. you have to have a plan in place when you're actually retired, but somewhere in between there, exactly. you need to make adjustments. And, and when we say plan, it's not, you know, a 55-page document that you have to follow daily. Um, it's just a concept going forward to say, hey, this is the range. You know, yeah. some, if you say, I'm not going to retire until I'm 70 um, and you're 55, that's way off down the road. So that's where you just kind of start to generalize a little bit to get there. Now, I would say um, that I am a bit of a know-it-all. <clears throat> I'll admit that. So I come up with all these ideas, and my sister, who is a math major, Mm -hmm. comes in and says, well, have you ever done the math on this plan of yours? Yes. Well, well, no, but, you know, it sounds good. And then she'll sit down and do the math. And once the numbers actually start crunching. Then it's a new ball game, and you go, wait a minute. Okay. Yes. (laughs) Yes. My my beautiful get-rich-quick scheme. Just blew up. (laughs) Just fizzled because I wasn't counting X, Y, and Z. Exactly. And that kind of is where Jeff is. Exactly. Where you can say, this is kind of what I want to do, and Jeff will start crunching the numbers for you and say, this is the reality. The reality of is your idea. Maybe, Let me recommend. Yeah. Maybe you can't retire when yeah. you want to. Maybe you have to work two extra years. The issue today, the the things that you know are out there that you, we have no control over, uh, is market returns. If you're basing retirement off of X percent per year, uh, twenty twenty two didn't help you. Yeah. Um, and, it, and, it, and it's going to end up terrible this year. Um, and then tax law changes, you have no idea. Health, I mean, there's a whole bunch of variables that get built into these plans as you go forward that you at least kind of look at. So, Yeah. So let's talk about the crazy things that can happen between now and retirement and dip our toe into crypto. Yes, <laughs> yes, Which, yes, yes. Woo. So this might get interesting. Yeah. Um, might get very interesting. And it's, it's kind of weird because right now uh, FTX basically uh, a week ago Friday claimed bankruptcy. Yeah. Um, now, FTX, this is, uh, you know, I've heard of Coinbase. Yeah, it's just another, there's Coinbase, um, you it's, know, there's like Bitcoin. A crypto and, wallet. I yeah. can I can put real money into it yes. and then start changing inside. It's an exactly. exchange. Uh, I can put my money into Bitcoin and uh, Ethereum yeah. or whatever. So, um, so f- let me back up just a touch sure. just to kind of set the stage. <clears throat> so the last three years on your tax returns, whether you realize this or not, there's been a question. And the question is, did you ever participate in digital currency? And it's yes or no. They don't ask any details, just yes or no. So if FTX really does claim bankruptcy, which it looks like it's a, pretty much a done deal, um, what's going to take place is everybody that had money in FTX – now becomes a creditor, and in bankruptcy court, their names are released. Oh, my gosh. So if you sit on your tax return— Is that how that works? <laughs> that's how it works. That's how the IRS if, is going to figure this out. If you sit on your tax return, no, I yes. did not participate in crypto, and now you're part of this you're bankruptcy part of the filing. bankruptcy. Your name's going to be listed. Cow. So the IRS will have the answers to the test. And and here we you know we try to talk the news and we try to stay out of the politics of things because there's no point in getting involved yeah. in the politics. We yeah. deal in the numbers. Yeah. Uh, we deal after after the bill gets passed. We deal in that. <laughs> you know. Yes. Uh, but there is money going into the IRS. We've said it many times on this show into the um, investigative side yes. into the. Um, yeah. So got a tracking down tax cheats. Exactly. So the the way that they're looking at this is in the I say the it's still the wild west because there's no uh, I'll say governance 
you know, from a standpoint where uh, security stocks, mutual funds, bonds all fall under some guidance. SEC, FINRA, somebody's got, you know, a, a handle on what you can and cannot do, what you can and cannot say. The problem with crypto is it's never really been out there. But the funny part is this, I'll say, kid, he's 28, 29. Oh, this FTA. He's got the yeah, big hair. Big hair. Yeah. Um, he's apparently been talking with the SEC for the last six months, which is Securities and Exchange Commission. Um, whether he's building, it's helping the, the build. the police of our, well, it's of our the, money economy. FBI of the, yeah, <laughs> of the, of the securities world. Yeah. Um, so the question is, is was he helping build maybe rules and regulations? Um, nobody really knows yet. They haven't said. But apparently he's been talking to him the whole time when he was running what's going to turn out to be a huge Ponzi scheme. Oh. So. Will this guy go to jail? All right, let's talk about what happened. So FTX <laughs> is an exchange. You put your money in and they convert it to cryptocurrency, yes. whether it's Bitcoin or, yeah. or you know, the dog one. Exactly. Whatever. whatever you want it to whatever. be. Whatever. Yes. And what he was doing with it is he was taking your actual money. Cash. Yes. Putting, uh, you know, saying that, you know, mm-hmm. much like a bank, you know, when, when I look at my bank statements, it says, you know, 60 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest. It says 60 bucks. <laughs> But that money's not necessarily in a drawer that exactly. says Josh on it. So the difference is this: is a bank is regulated by the the uh, U.S. Treasury, um, our credit unions, one or the other. FDIC, FDIC's in there, SPIC, all that fun stuff. But the trick to it is, if the bank went down. I could get what a hun- up to a hundred and two hundred fifty, two hundred fifty thousand yeah. dollars insurance. Yes. Um, so. So yeah. the way to look at it is most people go, well, hey, that's what the Federal Reserve does. If you give them a dollar, they're going to make that dollar into $10 and basically loan it back out to a bunch of different national banks who then in turn are going to loan it to a whole bunch of different people. And you go, wait a minute, they're multiplying dollars. But the problem or the, I should say the, the trick with the, the, with the banking industry is the Federal Reserve will watch. If there's a run on a bank, they will actually pump money to it to keep it from going down. So they did that in 2008. They were really, really diligent on watching. Oh, too big to fail. Yeah, too big to fail. Stuff. So if they saw a run on a certain bank in a certain neighborhood um, or a certain region, they just flooded those banks with extra cash. Propped it up. Yeah, and, and kept it toward then there was never – you never heard through 2008 even though we were like right on the verge of your debit card not working. Mm-hmm. But they kept it toward the, the banking system functioned. So the idea of a, <clears throat> of a bank, it's protected by insurance. It's backed by the government. It's yes. highly regulated. Obviously, highly, yes. you know, they're not <laughs> just going to let you go give your money to someone yeah. and let them try, – Try and get a loan from a bank today. You'll see the hoops you have to jump through. Highly regulated. Because they just have to have everything buttoned down. But, but they'll take my money and turn around and, and make investments in sure. it. Or loan it out as if, in the form of mortgages for someone else. Exactly. They, they use my money. But when I come back, they've got a stockpile. And, they, and I say, I want my 60 bucks back. The, it's there. So if you went to the bank, if everybody went to the bank tomorrow, right. you wouldn't get your money. <laughs> but, uh, uh, it's the wonderful first, life. Yeah, the oh, first. I don't have your money. It's 15, in Fred's house, exactly. Bill's house. Exactly. The first fifteen or twenty percent probably could get their cash. Everybody else is out, and that yes. that would be a definition of a bank run. Right. So then the feds would pump money to that bank, and everything would be okay the next day. Does, does the bank eventually have to, to pay that money back? Yeah, that's that's right. where you get an overnight lending between banks and all right. kinds of stuff, and that's what the, the Fed does on a regular basis. The idea basis. is that you know people bring a hundred thousand dollars to the bank. The bank doesn't have a hundred thousand dollars in their vault. No. So you walk in and you deposit a hundred grand in your bank account, in your checking account, 
And when you're walking out, that guy you bump into, he's coming in to borrow 60000 to buy a new car. Yeah. So the banks then turn around and loan. They're going to pay you 2% for your hundred grand. they are going to charge him 7% for his auto loan. That's how they make money. The banks make money. I theoretically make money. Everybody makes money. <laughs> um, so what this guy at FTX was doing, from what I can understand, was taking our money, you know, $100 million, and then turning around and rather than loaning it out for mortgages or loaning it out for car loans or something safe, they yes. were turning around and reinvesting that into incredibly risky, risky investments. investments. Yes. And they lost their shirt. Um, and then some. And then some. Yes. So it, it hasn't come out completely just yet because they're trying to put the pieces of this together. But it's probably to the tune of $35 billion is what oh this is going to be. God. So when I came back and said, I want to uh, take my Bitcoin, reconvert that back into dollars and take my money out. They're going to say, guy with sorry. The guy <laughs> with the weird hair is going to say, I don't have your money. It's in Fred's <laughs> house. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. To a T. But with since it is a crypto ex- exchange, yes, it is not regulated the way the banks no. are. And am I out of my money? Yes, that's oh, what they're saying. Man, so the the fear, and I guess maybe this is kind of where that it's it's kind of in the financial world. This is like you know ongoing saga. But the question of the day is 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 it is FTX going to take anybody else with them? Because if they were doing it. Who Somebody are the other people doing, is it? doing it? And that's too. and unfortunately, it's the wild west of the investment world because the IRS and or the SEC or FINRA have never really imposed those true restrictions on them. So if there aren't restrictions mm-hmm. on them, if they're if the laws are still trying to play catch up with with crypto exchanges, is this guy going to see jail time? Um, there was a interview with a I won't say who he was, but a congressperson out of California, mm-hmm. and the question posed to him was, "Hey, can you find this this guy?" And his response was, "Oh, he's very difficult to find," and it was real elusive. Um, and again, because what it turns out is, without getting political, this kid was smart enough to he was the second biggest donor to Biden's campaign oh. behind Soros. For crying out loud. And there is a slew, I mean, a slew of Democratic um, uh, people, uh, senators, congresspeople, whatever, that he was a biggest campaign contributors to. So, Well, he's a cheat. He's a cheat, but he knew how to play that game. Um, they should give that money back. They should say we took it I from think the some of person. Them, I, some of them have. I don't know the exact. I'm not going to name names. Is, but yeah. there was four or five of them who realized that this kid gave to their campaign, and they've automatically said, here's the cash yeah. he gave us. Tell right. us what to do with it. I can't. Oh, we can't find them. Yeah, right. <laughs> so yeah, it's, just, right. it's weird. I think they're playing neutral and only neutral until they figure out what really to took place with this. because if you watched uh what was it if you're in the uh indy car um and you watch the it was the the austin texas uh f1 race they had a couple weeks ago yeah those races are real popular these days yeah but the borders or the i guess the walls for the cars or oh, ftx or ftx everywhere yeah. everywhere <laughs> and have they sponsored uh any arenas yet that staples center is now i think crypto.com yeah, it's crypto.com but i think that they on the the kicker boards it was ftx all over the place Man. i've seen it multiple places and i was like wow that's weird that yeah. these guys are advertising that heavy but and now you mentioned ponzi scheme what is the difference between um, what this guy did, what a bank would do, and uh, what Bernie Madoff 
was Bernie Madoff just flat out stole money, period, in the story. He didn't try to reinvest <laughs> he it didn't do in anything. something and even lost there, his shirt. He just went were, out and bought a, a boat for himself. Yeah. Even people <laughs> said that there was no way for what he said he did trading-wise. There were people who stepped up and actually said, hey, this is a fraud because there's not enough option contracts in the world to say do what he said he was doing. Right. So there were all kinds of flags on Bernie. So at least when you're trying to reinvest and, and trying to make a quick buck, your plan, whether it's it's faulty or not, and whether you're a criminal or not, is to say, I'm going to at least make up enough money to pay these people back at some point. Yes. What Bernie Madoff was doing he was, just took it. I'm just going to take it, and rather <laughs> never, than, never hey, got I'm invested. just going to get another patsy on the hook. Exactly, on the backside to come in, get yeah. more money, and then he paid yeah. those out. But Bill he also wants his money. Well, let me... Take it from Fred yeah. and give it to Bill, and then I need to find someone else so I can pay Fred back. Exactly. But Madoff also used this thing like, oh, you are not, you don't want to invest with us. And it was kind of this, this head games in a sense they were mm-hmm. saying. Um, but Madoff went into, I mean, you're talking huge dollars, um, international, um, like uh, people in Europe, old, old money. He took it all and ran with it. Man. Um, just crazy stuff. But I mean, he had to know at some point the cards were going to crash. You would think. but And I if mean, not on him, then on his somebody, family or yeah. somebody. You yeah. know. So bizarre. But on this FTX stuff, the difference between a crypto and the bank, even though they're kind of trying to do the same thing, the difference is this. The bank is FDIC insured. Mm-hmm. Um, they're regulated by the feds. You have a dollar in your pocket that you could carry around with you, whether that's worth... 92 cents for that dollar or worth a true dollar? That's a whole nother question. That's, a, that's an but, inflation question. <laughs> but you have that, you have something tangible. Um, whereas crypto, you got nothing. You got a, you know, maybe on your phone, you got a little wallet that says, hey, you have, you know. A line of code that yeah. is way too long for me to remember. Exactly. I have to copy, copy and paste it. Yeah. So, again, that's the difference. And, and I'm not going to say it's a bad. The idea is perfect um, for a digital currency. I mean, a Fed, the governments would love this. Because there's no way that you could tax evade because they know exactly what you got. Every transaction <laughs> is, is matched marked. to a T. Yeah. So it's just weird on how this went down and how the, I say, mainstream financial is taking this as kind of like, oh, yeah, we're looking into it. Right. It's huge. And I guess <clears> the, the problem being that it is so uh, new, it is so unregulated. That these people thought that uh, they'd get away with, get away with yeah. making risky investments. Mm-hmm. And, you know, now you called it a Ponzi scheme. Yeah. I mean, we can stand so, by that. Um, like J.P. Morgan, <clears throat> Jamie Dimon runs J.P. Morgan. Um, he, he's had a very negative attitude on this the last uh, probably four or five years. Um, there's tons of well, people. He's a, that, he's a bank, and he's like, he's well, a bank. So you, that you got to take that with a grain of salt because he's like, hey, you know, this, this isn't good. Put your money over here. Yeah. Um, but there's a bunch of different people who have now said, Mark Cuban. There was an interview with Cuban who this kid hit up Cuban to see if he would help fund him in some mm-hmm. way or shape. Cuban said, I didn't like the conversation. Oh um, boy. Just because he goes, flags were flying all over. Oh boy. There were compliance issues that he wasn't aware of. This is this is Shark Tank, Mark Cuban. Yeah. He hears pitches every day, I bet. Yeah. And I think the uh, who's the other guy who was the pitch man for FTX? That's the other question is, I think, Tom Brady. Yeah. Uh, Giselle. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget who the laundry list of people who they were there. their money? Yes. Yeah. And there are probably lawsuits against them now because it turns if this turns out that it really is a Ponzi scheme, They could be liable as as pitchmen. As pitchmen. Wow. 
So watch this space. But, uh, you know, the crypto world, it is the Wild West. We talk about it several times on this oh, show. Yeah. It <clears> is <throat> going to be taxed starting next year on your taxes. Uh, well, there's 1099s will be sent out for everything. Right. And that starts next year. But here's here's the tax angle on this. So let's say that you got crypto, you got FTX. It's basically going to end up being worthless. You get to take a write off if it is in a brokerage account, not IRAs or uh, you know pension plans or anything like that, but true brokerage accounts. Go look at your crypto, and the theory is is you're probably down sixty percent in even Bitcoin this year. Maybe sell it, take a tax loss. Okay. <clears throat> Don't rebuy it for thirty one days. On the thirty first day, buy it back. The odds on it popping over 31 days are probably slim, especially with all this going on. But what that does is you will then be able to capture a uh, either a short-term capital loss or a long-term capital loss. Capital loss is offset any capital gains. And if you don't use it this year, you get $3,000 against your ordinary income. Right. So it takes knocks three grand off. And let's just say that you had – we've had cases – Three hundred thousand, three hundred fifty thousand dollars in losses that are sitting in brokerage accounts. Sell it, take the loss, reset the deck. You can either, you know, then take a maybe a short term approach to the market or sit in cash to see what really transpires. But you'll be able to harvest that loss and use it to your advantage down the road. And this is what uh, wealthy people do all the time. All day, you know, they yeah. have tax. <laughs> Tax guys that they probably have on speed dial. You're probably one of them. You know, <laughs> there's a few. <laughs> and they, hey, we need to do some. You know, let me sell the losers, get the tax break. Exactly. Uh, we'll Especially this back. year, the last but, five right. years or so, four years, the markets were racing away. You couldn't find a loser. You just throw a dartboard, and it was always a yeah, winner. It was a winner. Yeah. yeah. But now you got some losers. You got some heavy losers on your brokerage statements. So, like, if I went, uh, you know, uh, E Trade, that's a brokerage account. Mm-hmm. I go exactly. to E Trade and I look and see what we got in there, and I tell my wife, look, you know, whether it's Target or Tesla or Disney or whatever, I got yes. we got a stock and it's down a thousand dollars on the year. We could sell that, mm-hmm. wait thirty one days, buy it back, yeah, and then just say, I mean, we're losing, we lost money on you it. You lost money. But now it's a, a, a realized loss that sits on the books. And as long as you are alive, you get that deduction. And starting this year, um, we can do that with our crypto as well. Well, yeah, you could do it with crypto because, again, crypto, even though it's a hypothetical currency, it's looked at from a – the IRS looks at it as an asset. So it's either a gain or a loss. And when you start talking about assets like that, when it comes to stocks, I'm looking at capital gains. When it comes to crypto, is that looked at as capital gains and capital losses, or is that looked at as income? Capital gain, capital loss, identical to a stock. Gotcha. So if you bought Bitcoin for $10,000, um, it's now trading at fifty-five. That's a huge loss. But if you bought it for ten and it's worth twenty, that's a huge capital gain. And this is where Jeff Zufall comes in. This is where we need a tax person to tell us the difference and to help us make sure that we're getting the best tax rate possible. Capital gains is taxed at what? Fifteen or twenty percent. So if you uh, to get the average person is at fifteen percent. Mm-hmm. If your income exceeds, I believe it's three hundred and seventeen thousand. Don't quote me on that. You jump to a twenty percent. So think of it this way: if you're normal, um, you trade a couple hundred thousand a year, you're safe. But let's say you had that one big hit on Bitcoin, you made five hundred thousand dollars plus your income for the year. You're not a twenty. Yep. But. <laughs> 
capital gains is capped at 20 percent. My current could uh, go to 36 and a half. My current tax rate is 24 <laughs> percent. So I would rather have capital gains payments yes. regardless of if it's in the top tier yes. because I am saving 4 right to there, 9% for. right there exactly. for my taxes. And yep. that's the whole point. I could keep more of what's mine yes. if I just did this in a more strategic way. Yes. That's where Jeff comes in, senior tax strategist and advisor with Capital Advisory Group, 636-394-5524. Give Jeff a call because all of this, I don't care if you're in crypto. I don't care if you're in stocks. I don't care if you're in a retirement. All of us have something going something. on. Something, exactly. So we all need help sorting it out. Give Jeff a call. CapitalAdvisoryGRP.com is the website. 636-394-5524 is the phone number. Call now and just get an appointment yeah. on the books. We'll call you Monday. <laughs> You'll call, them, call them. They'll call you back Monday you back. and say, hey, why don't you come in on Tuesday? Uh, all right. Let's go to commercial break. We'll wrap the show up. It is Keep What's Yours with Jeff Zufall on the Big 550 KTRS. Keep What's Yours continues with Josh Gilbert and Jeff Zufall. yours with Jeff Zufall, and we just spent a bunch of time, Jeff, talking about the crypto collapse of FTX and kind of just getting into what crypto is. Basically, we could probably do, you know, a whole week's worth of shows. Yeah. Just Um, trying to break down crypto. It's kind of the new new territory, if you want to call it that. So uh, technically, it's a currency. Uh, yes. But it's treated like a a capital gain. Yes, capital IRS, IRS looks at it as a capital gain, capital loss, short-term, long-term, um, and, it, and it's from the purchase or the sale date, technically, same, you're holding. Same way a stock works, same mm-hmm. way a mutual fund works. Identically. Um, here's, my, here's a question that just came to me. What happens if I decide to come to you and say, I want to uh, invest in gold or I want to invest in uh, the yen? You know, the Japanese currency. Mm-hmm. Can people do that? Is that considered income or is that also considered? Well, the, the yen side would be a currency. Mm-hmm. But again, at the end of the day, it could be a capital gain depending upon how you purchase it. Um, and anything else, if you bought gold, gold is capital gain, capital loss calculation. But in some situations, that is considered precious metals. So it actually has a higher tax rate than what a true oh. capital gain rate is. So capital gains, 15% higher bracket. It goes yes. up to 20%, but it's capped there. Yeah. What are precious metals? So it actually would fall in a like a uh, like artwork mm-hmm. um, and weird stuff like that, uh, collectibles. So it actually will jump to the highest highest tax rate out there, ordinary income. So it does. Depending upon yeah, where you're at. It yeah. goes with ordinary yeah. income. So it's no different if you're trading in, you know, Monet's um, and spent $30 million for a picture. Um, that's not a capital gain. It is actually a collectible. So, so I, I buy a Monet for a million dollars and mm-hmm. then I sell it for $10 million. I, whatever I make off that, it, that's going to be ordinary income, ordinary $9 income. million dollar ordinary income, whatever your tax bracket is. Or Which the would be the highest. Yeah. Almost 40%. <laughs> yes. So, okay. I mean, yeah, that's how, but people don't normally, when it comes to currency, people don't normally make big loads of money by investing in typically the traders do hedge funds do because yeah. they know the game they have access to instant information and they can probably buy in bulk exactly and, and they're stuff. buying buying bulk the average individual unless you know 
currencies um, and you're a commodities trader, most people will shy away from that in a heartbeat. It's too hard to lose money or get hit quickly by trying to make that trade and you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. Uh, so when it comes to crypto, it's treated as a, a what would you call it? A, a, a commodity? Hard asset. Hard asset. Yeah. Assets. Yeah. That's hard that. asset. Hard asset. So just like uh, a mutual fund, just no, like, absolutely uh, no different. No and different. again, the, the question on the tax return that it's asked three years, I think the, the, this year, 2022 tax return, they're going to get a little bit more detailed. But it basically said, hey, have you ever participated in digital currency? Period. It's a yes or no response. Um, and to make sure if you have dabbled in it, just answer yes. There's, it's, it's a trick question. Um, and the trick question is, is when some of these guys like, uh, you know, now we got FTX going down, <laughs> bankruptcy. Um, BlockFi basically is now saying that they're probably, I think Wednesday, Thursday, probably going to claim bankruptcy. In the Genesis, um, the two twins, um, you know, they suspended trading. So the issue is, is if this really goes the way it's going to go, when they go to bankruptcy court, guess what? If you say, hey, I never participated, I didn't have anything to do with it, but yet your name shows up in bankruptcy as a creditor, you got an issue. Yeah. So that... Uh the fallout from FTX, which we just spent last segment talking yes. about, <laughs> it's starting to hit the other crypto. It could you know, be. Is this like a domino effect? Unfortunately, it will be. Yeah. Um, and that's what they're saying. Now, whether the feds are going to back it, that's a whole other question because they really didn't have any regulation. Those guys don't pay into, you know, like any funds. Like Missouri has the, uh, whatever you want to call it, for life insurance, long-term care like a guarantee, a, a fund, if you want to call it. So when you make premium payments, a piece of your premium goes to the state of Missouri, um, and they will back if one of these companies goes down. Goes bankrupt. They'll, you they'll know. back it for you to to a degree. Yeah. Um, these guys have nothing of that. Um, there's no, you know, S, I think it's SPIC, um, which is the securities world saying, hey, if the broker-dealer goes down, you know, these guys will step in as a government that agency. That doesn't exist doesn't in crypto exist. yet. So. Don't know what's going to take place, but the question is how far and how wide does this go? Um, and that will be determined over the next couple of weeks. Yeah. So uh, brave new world, wild, oh, yeah. wild west. <laughs> and it does seem like maybe uh, this might be the one that breaks the back yes. uh, of this very new world well, of crypto. It could be. Uh, resets it. And also this could be the, the, the beginning of the fall in a sense of pushing us into a true recession because – what that'll do is have people reel back a little bit. Um, you know, they take a hit on this. You know, they're going to be a little bit more naive from their true investing patterns. So that's the question of the day. We don't, you know, we don't know. And maybe actually, you know, Bitcoin has wildly gone up and down. And oh, all over the place. Yes. Two years ago, it was at 6,000 and then it was at 60,000. And it's yeah. just, it's crazy. <laughs> maybe this actually, you know, because the Japanese yen, doesn't go up and down like that. Yeah. The dollar doesn't go up exactly. and down. Like, maybe this is what makes it stabilize. Hopefully. And, yeah. you know, you I don't know who would keep investing in it if it didn't have the potential of skyrocketing. Um, but maybe this is the beginning of having a stabilized exactly. Bitcoin yeah. that you can just kind of Actually run. use. Use. There, there yeah. was a report. It was a Wall Street Journal. It was a, maybe a year or two ago. And I remember reading it. And it was a gentleman that lived on Wall Street. <clears throat> and his theory was he wrote a whole topic on on his walk home to go to his apartment. He was going to use cryptocurrency for everything. Um, I think he said like when he walked down the street, uh, his pizza cost him ten grand. 
because I couldn't get the conversion rate right. Right. But this is in the early stages of it. And maybe, you know, he got a six pack and it was like $1,000. He said it was really nuts because nobody knew how to use it when they were trying to use it as an actual currency. Right. So and I think I think everybody's in it today, not from the currency aspect, but, hey, I heard my buddy made $50,000 just by being here. And that's what everybody's trying to do. I saw uh, stories of people who would uh, – they bought Bitcoin years ago. Oh, yeah. <laughs> to, to purchase things illegally. Well, that too. Yeah. On the black market. <laughs> and when they realized that crypto skyrocketed, they were like, well, you know, I bought something for 10 Bitcoins. Yeah. And now each Bitcoin is worth sixty thousand dollars. The change I got back from that sale is probably worth yeah. you know five six grand. Yeah, so they going through their email <laughs> accounts trying to figure out where yeah. that all went. Because are people know. people that tried storing it on their own back in the early days and then chucked the hard drive, and then realized that it was embedded in that hard drive. That's where it was. So they had to go back and try and find it. Going through the the landfill. Yeah, down at trying the to dump. find the you know two hundred thousand dollar hard drives. Right. <laughs> Um, so one other thing that I wanted to ask you about before we got out of here, um, really interesting conversation. And it seems like crypto is speculation. It seems like the stock market uh, a lot of times is speculation. What do we know about – I'm just asking this one cold. <laughs> that story this this week that um, – what was it? Eli Lilly. Mm-hmm. Someone impersonated them on Twitter yes. <laughs> and said that uh, uh, insulin was going to be, you know, given out for for a dollar. Yeah, which would be amazing. Be very amazing. Believe me. Right now, I think it's a hundred bucks. Yes, a shot. But uh, it caught a fake person on Twitter who got mm-hmm. that blue check mark said this, pretended to be Eli Lilly, and all of a sudden their stock went down. Yeah, and is there any? You know, what, give me an interpretation on that. Uh, basically, that's somebody just out there messing with it. Um, at the end of the day, the stock should come back once they realize right. that it was a fake announcement. But um, anybody that was sharp enough to be paying attention to that and see the stock drop could jump in and buy it, technically. So you, you, the question is, is was that done um, with a uh, malicious attempt, which is, Put a bad news report out there, have the stock go down so that you as that individual doing it could buy it themselves. Yeah. But all those those trades are recorded. So if the feds really wanted to figure out who was buying that day, they could figure it out pretty quick. Oh, if the guy impersonating Eli Lilly mm-hmm. went back and bought a bunch of shares after they it could, tanked. They could prove, they could prove who that. bought it, what time they bought it. And yeah. they, could, they could say, hey, that's not in your normal trading pattern. Um, and play that game. That's yeah. how they got to Phil Mickelson back in the day oh. when he played golf with some guys on a, over a weekend in Vegas. And then on Tuesday, he made $10 million in a yeah. trade. They go, that's not your trading pattern. Insider <laughs> trading. Yes. I'm guessing Martha it, Stewart got popped too. Same. Well, hers was just she when she wouldn't respond to him. So they tossed her in jail because she wouldn't talk to him. Oh, okay. That's, that's it. Well, that's fair. So whether um, that was insider trading or not, we don't know. Right. <laughs> she just... Refuse to, to talk. <laughs> it just does. It seems like Wall Street and the stock market is knee-jerk reactions sometimes. Sometimes it is. Um, it really is. And that's the problem is that's what the SEC's job is to try to keep that stuff out of the way. Yeah, I mean, to the best that they can. But you have these imposters that show up or you have people that try to front-run stocks. Um, front-running basically is you throw some news out there, get the stock to drop. You're buying, you're selling, whatever the case may be, for your profit only. Um, and, and most of those people end up getting caught because um, they're average people. Um, there's some reports we'll talk here shortly on where our, our friends in the government, um, both sides of the aisle, 
are trading in stuff that they shouldn't be trading in. Yeah. Um, so and will they get punished? No. They never seem. <laughs> they never, never seem to get punished, but uh, like they do. Yeah. But but that's a whole another element that you know it's kind of uh, the status quo. Um, you know, you kind of take it from there. So. Yeah. And again, uh, Jeff Zufall, senior tax strategist and wealth advisor. Let's break down that title. Senior tax strategist. He can help you with your taxes. Make sure that you keep more in your pocket rather than going out to the federal government and do it all legally. Yes. <laughs> and then the wealth advising. He can take a look at your retirement. Where are you sitting? Do you need to be more risky? Is it time to pull yes. back a little bit? And put the two hands together and say, you're going to retire in five to seven to 10 years. Mm-hmm. Can we start doing things now to lessen your tax burden? Yeah, that'll help you down the road. You know, because if you defer your taxes to a later day, I'll worry about it later. Could you, be worse. <laughs> it, could be, it could be later. You yes. have to worry about it at some yes. point. And the idea is to get ahead of it by uh, five, seven, ten years. Yes, and and keep checking it because it's going to change. change. It's going to change all the time. You I know, mean, maybe the next two years were okay. Now apparently Republicans, gridlock, have, yeah, have <laughs> taken that change. seat. Um, but d- three years from now, it'll probably change. Yeah. So, so that's the thing, and and you want to have somebody, a buddy, someone that you trust, someone that you know. Uh, kind of explain it to you mm-hmm. so that when when we make a decision, well, I you know I agree with that, Jeff. That yeah. makes sense to me. Let's try it. Yeah, um, you know what you're getting into. So and having a conversation, you know, we did our taxes in April, and then we visited again over the summer, and then we're going to visit here shortly, shortly. <laughs> um, to figure out open enrollment. And it's an ongoing conversation. It's a conversation you should have every time you get paid. Yes. Every time you look at your paycheck, you just look say, at your paycheck. Still. Am, am I still on the right track? Mm-hmm. So Jeff Zufall is here for you. 636-394-5524. Keep what's yours. CapitalAdvisoryGRP.com is the website. The show is Keep What's Yours. The book, it's Keep What's Yours. You can go to the website and get a free copy of the book. Dog ear a couple pages, bring it into Jeff and say, I want to try to implement X, Y, and Z from exactly. page, you know, 1920 and 21 uh and and jeff can can do that for you so you need somebody to help you out with it just because you you got a great idea i said earlier in the show once you put the math to it might not be such a great idea (laughs) might be a terrible idea you go no don't do that in my case it always seems like my great ideas fall apart when i start putting the math to it Jeff can do the math for you and figure out, is this a good idea? Is this a bad idea? And will this get me through the next 5, 10, 15? Yes. Will this get me through retirement? So give Jeff a call one more time, 636-394-5524. Keep what's yours. Jeff, thanks so much. You betcha. Thank you. See you next week. You've been listening to Keep What's Yours with Josh Gilbert and Jeff Sufall, Senior Tax Strategist and Wealth Manager at Capital Advisory Group. To learn more, call 636-394-5524 or visit capitaladvisorygrp.com.